When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's it, everybody. We are back. This is the HTML All the Things podcast. This week, we're going to be covering a bit of a topic that we've, well, definitely not a bit of a topic, a topic that we've covered a few times. But I, with this episode, I want to kind of cut through the nonsense. The t- episode is titled Become a Junior Developer, Learn Web Development from Scratch. And the reason why we're re- revisiting this sort of, hey, get started in web development this way topic is because I'm seeing a lot of content out there that is offering kind of a miracle way to get started. And it'll say, hey, uh, you know, I, I I make $2 million a month. I have zero employees. I've never even considered having employees. And if you do these 10 things each day, you're going to have the same level of success as me. And maybe that's true, but it leaves a lot to be desired because maybe it's not true also because that person had different luck than you and that person has different talents than you and all that type of stuff. So today I'm, we're going to be talking about why we hear, you know, just code for developers. You're like, Hey, how do I learn to code? Just code, just code, just code. Yeah. But code, what, what are you coding? So we're going to cover that. We're also going to be talking about traditional school. Do we need it? Yes or no. And then also the different pathways of education. We're going to be touching on these. We're not going to go super, super into them because we have covered them in the past, but I have kind of an updated uh, list of them here a little bit. And then the next, the last thing is going to be, you know, beyond the miracle learning pathway. So beyond that content that says, Hey, if you do these 10 things each day, you're going to become a millionaire within six weeks. And, you know, nonsense at that point, you know, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but I just have a, a more realistic view at how to specifically have you start from having no knowledge in programming and no knowledge in web development at all. You don't know how a website's made at all. And this is how you start. And we're going to talk about how to start with HTML, then start with CSS. And that's it. This is for, you know, bare bones. This is how you get started, not wake up at six and this and that. No, this is how you practice. And then you fit this into your own schedule, do your own thing, whatever. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our discord server, share this with your friends. And now, Mike, we have our title of the week. So what is your title for this week? My title for this week is uh, Mike is a backend developer. Um, And I know that because (laughs) I created a bunch of backend stuff and I created some UI stuff to like kind of call the backend stuff. And my UI stuff is hideous. Like it is terribly hideous. It looks like a backend developer threw it together. So that's how I know that I am Mike, the backend developer this week. Uh, can we put that on a business card? Like instead of being like, you know, Mike and then below it says the title, we we have like one of those unique business cards, a unique business card experience, one might say, where we put Mike is a ba- and then we bold your name. Mike is a back end developer. That's your that's I'm, your title I'm, and name all in one. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with making like a little web development project where every week we put in our uh, title of the weeks in there. And we like dynamically update the, the site with that. That that sounds kind of like a fun thing to do. We could have a history, too, so we could see what we yeah. went through. Like, oh, in April or in May and June, whatever. 
we went through this. We went through that. This is when we dealt with this. Uh oh, that's when that happened. <laughs> Things that like actually that. sounds like fun. I kind of want to build that now. <laughs> that might be what I do this weekend. <laughs> All right. A bit of a side project for you. Yep. But for me, uh, I am site administrator Matt, I believe. Uh, Mike and I just had a very lengthy conversation because we're trying to build up the HTML All the Things website, which is HTML All the Things.com. Shameless self plug. And um, this is just, we're in the middle of like the second week of our sort of content plan behind the scenes. And we found some problems with the workflow and we're into fixing it. Basically, I'm going to be doing some more hands-on stuff to make some better content instead of just seeking out topics for content. At least that's the plan going forward, whether we do it that way going forward forever, who knows, but that's the, that's where I'm at. But let's jump into this week's episode and talk about this. So You've heard this. If you're, if you're a person that, you know, has looked up coding, you, you, you're interested in web development, you, you've, or even programming just in general, more than likely, you've, you've probably heard just code, just code, you know, but what, like what code, what you're brand new. You don't, you may not even have an idea. You might not be getting into web development for anything more than the money, just to be blunt. You might just want the money. You might just want to work in an office. You might want to work from home, work remotely. And so you think web development would be a good thing. You're not there because you have, you know, what you think is a million dollar idea that you need to build and you don't want to pay someone to build it for you. You want to build your own dream. So you might not know what to code. People say, just code, just code, just code, just get some practice. Okay. And, you know, what are the steps that we should take when coding? You know, code what? Like, do I code easy things? Do I code things that are well above my level? Do I code hard things? Do I code, you know, in React? Do I code in JavaScript? What do we code? You know, so then you might lead, this might lead you to another question. Do you need, or do I need, I guess, in this perspective, do I need traditional school? And so now your mind starts wandering, oh my God, I got to do three years. I got to do two years, four years, whatever it is. What am I going to do here? And so then you might start searching around even more. And then you might start finding these miracle routines that we mentioned in the introduction where people are saying, you know, I, you know, again, I, I have a business that's, I have, I make $10 million a year and I have zero employees and I have 30 websites and everything's great and everything's, you know, fantastic. And, you know, come join me, pay for my course, $500, whatever. And some of these courses, some of these, some of these, you know, lifestyle changes might work. A lot of these things are about lifestyle change. Get up early, do this, do, you know, work out, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. This is how you maximize your productivity. I'm not trying to say that these things are fake, but everyone is going to have a different outcome. And, if you're just trying to figure out if you'd like this field, if you'd like to code, if you'd like web development, this is all noise. It's noise in your head. Do I need to go to traditional school? Can I make a $10 million business? And it, it's all like nonsense. And so to tackle the first question, why do we hear just code all the time? It might be obvious, but coding is just practicing for a web developer. So you go in there and you just Start practice and practicing and practice makes perfect. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what you're doing, you go in there, you practice, you get better at it. I'm personally learning golf right now. Hired a golf coach, been doing some uh, very, very like sort of short range drills in the backyard with a proper net to capture the, capture the, the balls flying around, the golf balls flying around. Um, and that's practice makes perfect. And even if I don't feel like I've made progress one day, the next day I come back, it's like, oh, I, you know, I kind of have a bit of a better form today. And, you know, it feels a little bit better. Practice makes perfect. It makes sense. So coding is your practice, but coding is all over the place. So with sports, you can kind of practice certain roles. You know, I want to play defense on this. I want to do this. I want to do that. And with golf, just because it's the scoreboard I'm learning, 
you kind of start understanding what you want to learn. You know, you go out in the field, you go out in the in the the driving range or you go out on the course and you go, you know, my long game sucks. Like I suck, I suck with the driver. I suck with the long iron. I'm not good with the woods, you know, so I need to learn my long game. So like that is something that you need to practice. Then later on, you're on the fairway, whatever, in the rough. I need to practice my mid game. I know I'm going too far. I'm not going far enough. I'm not getting I'm not good at getting out of the rough. Those type of things. Okay. And then your short game. Hey, I'm bad at putting. I'm bad at chipping. I need to get better. So these are sort of goals that are very obvious. And as you play through, you're going to understand them. And with some other sports, it might even be simpler where you might just understand right away. Oh, I need to like learn how to catch. I need to learn how to throw something like that. Right. So with coding, though, it's well, do I use React? Do I use JavaScript? Do I use Python? Am I using Apache? Do I use shared hosting? Do I use and the list just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. So you don't know or you may not know what to practice at all. And people are going to say React is where you're, you know, React is where you're going to get your jobs. Go to React, go to React, go to React. And someone else might be yelling, hey, hang on. Svelte's up and coming. Learn Svelte and Svelte kit. Come on, Svelte kit. Come on, come on, come on, Svelte kit. It's a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of I feel attacked noise. right now. I feel attacked. <laughs> Have you been doing this? Yeah. No, no, no. I've tried not to do that, but <laughs> I do talk a lot about Svelte kit. Well, it's a useful tool, but you get what I mean, right? When, when, when you're think, think about if you're quite literally at square one and someone's like, learn Svelte kit. It's like, what, what do I even like? What is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's too, it's too much. It's too much for the absolute beginner. Oh, no, no. I 100% agree. And I always say like, Hey, if you're, when you're a beginner, learn the fundamentals, we'll get into that in a second. But like, <laughs> I do talk a lot about Svelte kit and I hope I don't come across as being the person that says, Hey, Learn Svelte Kit over everything else because I do always have a caveat of being like, if you want a job, React is still kind of better. And if you want to learn other stuff, there's other stuff. Like, I don't want to be a maxi in anything. Like, I'm not like, you know, Svelte is the only way, but <laughs> I do talk a lot about it. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, th- because it's a part of the path and I'll get into that right now. And, and we suggest the path. Mike and I suggest the path. You learn your HTML. Then you learn your CSS. Then you learn your JS or your JavaScript. And this is vanilla. I'm not talking about adding SCSS and SAS and all this other stuff. This is still the path that we recommend. Some of the people might think it's inefficient to learn this. But the reason why we, we suggest this is because these are foundational technologies of this trade, of this field. And so you can go and go to other frameworks, tooling, plugins, stuff like that. And you can slowly start to not only understand programming concepts, which will primarily come from your practice and learning of, of, of JavaScript, but you'll understand how the DOM's laid out, looking at a layout that isn't even yours. If you're just on someone else's website, you'll look at it and you'll start understanding, oh, this is probably, you know, a div here. This is a span. This is that. You'll start understanding these little foundational things and you can apply those bits of knowledge to learning the framework, to doing the framework. And so the next step after your HTML, your CSS and your JS is what I recommend is something related to your path. You're trying to find a job. You look around at job posts. If they all demand React knowledge, then you learn React. Simple as that. And that goes with other things. If you, if everyone's like, Hey, we desperately need WordPress. It's like, well, I guess you're learning WordPress then if that's what you're doing. If you're trying to build a project just for you, maybe you do some research. You find out that Webflow is the way, even though you just learned HTML, CSS, JS still makes you faster at Webflow. Webflow is a no code tool. Okay. Great. I'm going to use that. That's going to be my path forward. And then you learn Webflow and, you know, so on and so forth. So then the question, the second question that we had in our list is, you know, talking a lot about learning. 
We're talking a lot about figuring things out, especially at these beginning stages. And so the question is probably going to pop in your mind. Do you need traditional school? Do I need traditional school if I want to learn this? To learn to code? The short answer is no. You don't need to do this. You can self-teach. You can do a bunch of other things. But maybe you have personal and professional goals that require traditional school. You might be wanting to work at a specific company. They may require some sort of college degree or some sort of university degree at a certain level, maybe even like a master's or something. Who knows? But that might. So it, it really is based on your goal. If you're just trying to learn how to code, there's tons of free resources out there, tons of paid resources that are not traditional school, and you can learn that stuff no problem. So it really depends on your personal and professional goals as to whether this is a necessity. So what education pathways are there? You know, I'm talking about learning, but I'm not necessarily getting bogged down with just traditional school. And one of them is boot camps. Talked about this a bunch. Boot camps are fast and they're usually focused. They're designed to get you a job in X. So the, this is a, you know, you, you want to become a full stack developer. This is the boot camp you do. Uh, you want to become a, uh, a JavaScript developer. This is what you do. You want to become a Svelte developer. This is our boot camp. You want to become et cetera, et cetera. So they're fast and focused. The curriculum is super flooded with stuff. You're going to be super busy if you're uh, like an, an active student. You're going to be super busy studying. You're going to be super busy figuring things out. You're going to have lots of projects, probably some sleepless nights even potentially. But it's it's fast with an end goal in mind. And so you can just quickly literally go, I'm going to, you know, I don't know anything. I'd like to learn how to become a full stack developer. I kind of want to make one of those apps in a boot camp. By the time you're out, they've taught you React. They've taught you maybe Svelte or whatever Svelte kit, all the rest of it. They taught you databases. They taught you this, that and the other thing for this one path. It's almost like they teach you one stack and away you go. Well, what about traditional schools? So before you go into traditional schools, I do want to give some caveats on boot camps, um, some warnings where, first of all, a lot of them are high cost. So like a traditional school is high cost, but traditional school has a lot of other stuff around it where boot camp is like, first of all, you're there for, you know, three months or two months or whatever, however long the boot camp is, you're there full time most of the time where it's like literally eight hours, at least eight hours a day. Sometimes, like Matt said, sleepless nights because you got to figure stuff out and some people will figure it out faster than you. Some people will figure it out slower than you. You, you need to get up on that. And second of all, the guarantee of jobs at the end of boot camps has really started to plummet. Um, so you should be very hesitant if your intention is, hey, I'm going to take a boot camp for three months and then get a job right after. Uh, after 2020, so there was a big influx of developer, you know, required developer jobs in 2020 where boot camps were literally able to advertise that, hey, after three months, you're going to get a job. Or after six months, you're going to get a job. That was something that some of them could provide. And we've, Matt and I have spoken to several developers that have gone through and gotten jobs after those boot camps. With the demand kind of going down a little bit right now and the competition rising in the job space for junior developers, it's hard for me to say that a boot camp will guarantee you a job or even like give you a really good chance of getting a job in three months. What a boot camp will do is what Matt said, like you will get the skills needed to build that application or to understand that technology, right, to a certain degree. But a lot of times they do skimp out a little bit on the core basics like HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and will skip to the hireable 
uh, technologies like React or Node or Lar- like PHP in the back end. Like they'll, they'll, they'll go to, they'll go to the direction of getting you certified for a job rather than getting you certified or getting you the base that you need to continue learning. Um, more often than not from what I've heard, but regardless, like they do provide a lot of fundamental skills, debugging structure, code structure and stuff like that. So there is a lot of advantage. It's just, it's difficult to justify their price points right now with the knowledge that you're probably not going to get a job right after you're going to have to put in even more work on your own in one of the other methods of learning uh, to then continue that journey to then get a job after. And another caveat I want to say, and this is something I heard on a YouTube video recently, is like going from boot camp straight to work can sometimes actually hurt you um, it, depending on the job. Like if you go from boot camp to like full stack developer, a loan developer on a team where you're building an app, that gap in like not receiving mentorship uh, and not getting a team environment around you to ask questions and stuff like that can actually detrimentally affect you for the rest of your career. So you want to be careful when not only like going from, you know, boot camp to job, but picking the right job as a junior developer when you're first getting in. I think we're going to do a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But I, I just wanted to get around, like get a little bit of base knowledge for you that just, you know, boot camp to job is a little bit trickier now than it was, you know, two years ago. Would it be would it be fair to say that you could use a boot camp effectively as a skill upgrade if you're already into something like you're into react and then you find a svelte boot camp would that be valuable do you think i don't know i i don't think the first of all i don't think there's a lot of svelte boot camps because again the boot camp the goal of a boot camp is to sell you on it and usually there's a high price point and the reason there's a high price point is they're trying to sell you on the fact that you're going to get a job and the reality is that Svelte isn't really going to land you a job as a junior developer. Not at this um, point anyway. Not at this point, yeah. So the the rea- but what you said is kind of true where like let's say you get your basics down HTML, CSS, JavaScript, you've dabbled a little bit in React and just need that structure and need that grind mentality. That's what a bootcamp will offer you is like, "Hey, I'm going to up upgrade my React skills because usually a lot of bootcamps will choose React or Laravel or whatever, the the hireable technologies." And really engulf you in it and like throw you into the deep end a lot of times, similar to how a job would do it. So if you're looking for that experience, and it is a valuable experience, I'm not going to negate that, like choose your boot camps wisely, but there are some that are super valuable. Um, that's something that you should be thinking about is like, that's the value I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to pay $10,000 or $15,000 and I'm going to be more hireable. I'm going to upgrade my skills and I'm going to continue on my learning journey after the boot camp. Well, there, there's something else I think maybe to be brought up about boot camps here then. And that is, you know, there, it is a high price point. And with that, maybe a precaution, if you're listening to this, probably in the future, is to check your local listings, your, or maybe not even local listings, the listings of jobs that you want, you want, no matter what, because you don't want to just think, oh, a uh, boot camp is really quick. It's going to be inexpensive because it isn't going to be inexpensive. It sounds like it's going to be, but it isn't inexpensive, although it, could be relatively inexpensive in comparison to a traditional school, depending on the school you choose. But it, maybe it's a good idea to take a look at your listings, the job listings, and see exactly what it is they're looking for. And then you can tailor which boot camp, or maybe you're not going to go to a boot camp anymore, that you'd like to go to. Is 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 sort of the kind of message I think I'm getting. 
is is that like you know check check its value and see and see like hey I'd like to get make sure that I do land a job you know and a, and a job that I want I don't want some job that I don't want uh, from my boot camp experience. But the next thing is of course traditional schools and this of course is you know colleges universities those type of things and these provide formalities if you need them. Formalities, what I mean by that is they provide a formality for resumes, things like a college degree or a certification or this or that, um, a master's degree, a diploma, uh, this or that, whatever it provides, it that it is a formality that some companies require. It might just be literally, you must have university, you must have college, and then we'll take a look at the rest of your uh, the rest of your qualifications. Some some companies will use that just to vet through prospective uh, people that are applying. And so that's just the way it is. Also, traditional schools, it's so kind of a weird one, but they can teach you how to learn. So at least here uh, in our school experience is sometimes they will throw you into the deep end and they'll teach you, say, 20% of a topic and then want you to complete a project Assuming you know, let's say 100% of it or 80% of it. And so you have to go into the textbook. And even though that we've only covered the first two sections, read the rest of the eight total sections, read the rest of those sections, those six sections, figure that, figure out what the heck is going on, uh, for your own understanding, maybe do your, maybe do your own examples. And you're slowly figuring out what type of learner you are. You're slowly figuring out, Hey, this is how I read information and we can apply these skills, not just to the textbook. That the school is providing me and recommending, but also to web searches and those type of things. Now, I would like to say on a personal note that I find this good and bad because on one hand, I think I'm paying these guys. They should probably just tell me what the heck is going on. On another hand, it's like, how do you learn this skill? I don't know. The jury's still out in my head. I think maybe the 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 ideal solution, just like anything else, is probably somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the gray area between those two things. I just don't know exactly what the balance is now. The other thing that you're getting with a traditional school is you're off, you're often getting um, options and exposure to different courses, meaning that you might see something you like and you might want to move around. So if you're especially if you're a full time student, you might get an exposure to uh, something that is related to your course, but not quite there. It might be maybe it's even a formality for the school where the school is saying, uh, hey, you know, actually, we had one where we're in computer engineering, but we need to learn Canadian electrical code. That's some exposure that I would never get normally. But what if I really liked that part? Now I might say, hang on, do you have an electrician course? Maybe I want to go that way. And that's some exposure. That's some experience that I would not have gotten otherwise. And that was exposure because the school kind of had that formality part where there was one unit in one of our courses where we did soldering and then we went to Canadian Electrical Code. Kind of a weird thing, but that does happen at schools and institutions. Also, there's options based upon your availability as well with traditional schools. So something else to consider in your path. So you can become a full-time student, which is sort of the more, the one that we kind of worry about or the one that we think of where it's like, Oh my God, this can take so much time, but there's also night classes. So you can do go at night. There's online as well. You can go online. Sometimes those are uh, done at your own pace, or sometimes those are also done like, Hey, you have to attend a class, but you're going on like a zoom meeting to attend the class. So it's a kind of like a hybrid between a night class of full time and online. It's kind of those. That's an option for you as well, depending on your availability and where you are as well. Geographically, if you're way out in the middle of nowhere and you have no way to get back because you're working and wherever you are, maybe online courses is good for you. And, and this also depends on your learning style as well. So that's the one other path. 
yeah, before we go on to the next part, uh, traditional schools also have another huge benefit to me. Uh, and I think honestly, this might be the most important benefit. And that's the network that you can establish if you treat them properly. So when you're going through schooling, and this kind of applies to boot camps too, and probably just as much, um, you establish connections with people in the same experience, uh, going through the same experience as you, right? Like the learning development at the same time as you. And as you're going and you're contributing to group projects or you're contributing to just teaching each other, you're studying together, you kind of build this like we've been in the trenches feeling together. And when you're going out to the workforce after that, that can bond, that bond can go to the workforce. So if someone gets a job in a company that is also hiring, you know, six months down the line, they can easily reach out to you potentially and get you into that company. That happens more often than you think. And that camaraderie that you get through schooling and going through something together and figuring stuff out can lead to work together. Obviously, there's other benefits in terms of networking as well. Like if you were to participate in clubs and go into different courses, like Matt was saying, and participate in other interests, you learn about other interests and they can also help you further down the line in your programming career in the sense that like, hey, this, you know, this person went into banking, the banking bank is hiring developers they reach out to you because they, they know you went through computer engineering or software engineering, whatever. So going through and trying to participate in the networking aspects and making friends or just, you know, participating in study groups, whatever you want to do, um, putting yourself out there a little bit is another huge benefit that I don't think people take too seriously in a traditional school setting or in boot camps. And they should. Like, I know for a fact, especially in boot camps where, like, you go through, literally through the trenches and you, you know, stay up all night to finish a project, um, those people will form a bond that will last for a very, very long time. And they pull each other into different jobs throughout their entire careers. It is absolutely something that you, you kind of see as a social thing and it, it, it's separate from the curriculum that a traditional school provides. But there is, it's almost like you have a network around you of people that could potentially help. Or they might have got stuck in the on the exact same thing, but also in the exact same way. Well, they might be they might be a like like thought where you're like, well, hang on, like why, you know, why do we start at zero when we're going through it in array? I don't understand that. Like, why is that? And then that other person might be stuck in the exact same way, understand it, or like lack thereof the same way you do. They may have gotten unstuck, and they might just say the right, just the right phrasing, the right thing. Where all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. And that happens a lot at school, especially when you're covering a lot of different topics is it's just one, one of the correct, one correct uh, phrase away, one slightly different way to explain something away from you, your brain to just all of a sudden understand it. That's happened so many times. I'm sure it's happened to you a bunch of times, Mike, as well as well as myself, where it's just like, okay, this makes sense now, you know, moving on. Next thing here, I have two self-taught sections I want to discuss. Here's why I have this is because there's different options out there now quite a bit. One of them is self-taught but it's directed self self-taught. And this is through things like courses like Son Scrimba, like on free code camp, Udemy. These are paid and free courses, of course. Um, and also just a, I mean, shameless self plug, I suppose. We also have a, a 10% off all Scrimba plans link, which I will put in the show notes and the show's description as well. Uh, if you're interested in getting uh, 10% off uh, any of the Scrimba plans, you can use our link. And yes, we do receive a small monetary kickback from, from that just for full disclosure. 
just before you go, uh, that link, I just created a tiny URL just because it's a little bit longer uh, and it's harder to say. But that link, if you want to do it right from your browser, is tinyurl.com slash scrimba hat. And hat is H-A-T-T, all capitals. So again, that's tinyurl.com slash scrimba, S-C-R-I-M-B-A, hat, H-A-T-T. Capital S as well on the Scrimba, if that makes any difference. Yeah, I don't know if it does, actually. Good good point. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's that, if you're interested in that. But the whole point is, is that, you know, you're not you're not getting this from a university. You're not getting this from a college. You're not getting this from an institution. You're getting, you know, a Udemy course is usually made by a community member. Like even Mike has his own Udemy course, for example. Maybe I will in the future, something like that. And so these these aren't you're, you're, you're learning at your own pace. You're, you're not on the hook for anything. You're you're doing it. You're not going to get in trouble. You're not going to lose necessarily tuition money uh, or like not that, at least that much money. Um, but you're not going to have any teachers yelling at you. But you aren't just going at it alone where you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know this and that. I don't know where that. So this sort of self-taught or directed self-taught may provide a little bit of formality as well. So like I said, with the traditional schools where they provide a formality for a resume in in the form of, say, a diploma. You might get something like a certificate of completion. Uh, you might also get some sort of other you know, acknowledgement like, hey, certificate of completion or um, uh, like like some of them give out little rewards and little awards and those type of things. Those might hold weight at certain employers, especially if they're like, hey, I've hired a whole bunch of people that went through free code camp. Fantastic. You went through the whole thing. You got your your your, your have your proof of completion of this part of free code camp. Fantastic. All our candidates from free code camp are amazing. We'll bring you on board. So that stuff does hold weight and can provide that little bit of formality if you if you so want to show it on your resume. Then you also have the other side of things, which is self-taught, but self-directed self-taught. And that is you teach yourself the skills. You know, you need to be disciplined, which is easier said than done. You need to know how things or sorry, you need to know how your learning works and you need to know how to learn things by yourself. So if you do not know how to learn things by yourself, maybe traditional school or maybe self-taught directed will help you, right? But you need to know how to learn things. You can't just keep reading it and be like, I don't understand. Read it again. I don't understand. And you kind of reach that point where you read something so much that you kind of stop paying attention to it and you're just sort of reading it, but you're not, you're not in it. You don't even know what you're reading anymore. And you're kind of like daydreaming while you're reading. That type of stuff's no good. So you do need to learn how to learn things for yourself, whether that's watching videos, whether it's a mix of watching videos and reading stuff, whether it's a mix of watching videos, reading stuff, and then hands-on with, say, something like you're playing in CodePen, you're messing around in there, those type of things. The thing with this with this self-directed, self-taught is that there's often no formalities. And you, if you do want a formality, you have to sort of seek them out. And you can get things like, certifications for Webflow, where there are Webflow certifications and there are even W3 schools certifications. But the thing is, is that you really need to look up the validity and the value that one of these type of certifications give you before you participate. Oftentimes they can be expensive um, and Webflow and W3 schools are just examples. I'm not that's not saying they're good or they're bad, but I have I have heard people say, you know, hey, Getting an HTML certification is useless. Hey, getting a CSS certification is useless. So definitely take a look and see, hey, you know, this job that I want is asking for me to know Webflow and they actually want me to have the Webflow certification. I'll go look for that. Or, hey, somebody here really wants me to. uh, I've never I've never seen this. 
really wants me to have the W3 school certification, I'll go for that. I've never seen anybody with a W3 school certification. I've never seen anyone ask for it. Maybe they're out there. I don't know. But just make sure that if you are seeking out this sort of formality, that you are getting a value for it. You're not just getting it to get the piece of paper. You're actually going to get something back for it. And I also want to point something out here with the self-taught, the self-directed self-taught anyway, and that is that even if you do go to school, you go to boot camp, you go to traditional school, whatever it is, you always have more to learn. And these extra bits are often self-taught and usually self-directed self-taught. So because normally if let's say you go to boot camp, you learn all about React and then you get a job at a nice, nice office, you like your role and they decide their next app is going to be in Svelte and you don't know Svelte. Are you going to go back to school for Svelte? Probably not. You're probably going to use your skills and your basic knowledge of the foundations of web development, and you're going to learn Svelte slowly by yourself. It's going to be self-directed because they don't need, they don't, they're not going to come to you and be like, Hey, where's your Svelte certification? Hey, where's your Svelte courses? Where did you go to a boot camp for Svelte? Get out of here. Not going to necessarily do that. They're probably just going to go to their developers and say, we would like you guys to switch over to Svelte. Here's the timeline. Here's the project. Go for it. And so then you are going to have to do some self-directed learning by yourself. So, you know, we talked about the education, talked about all this stuff. What if you just want to get started today? You want to get started today. You just want to see if this is for you. You just want to see how things work. You don't know anything about web development. You don't know what HTML is. You don't know what CSS is. You don't know what JS is. How can you get started and actually get a, a good foundational understanding of the foundational technologies? Well, I'm going to I'm going to touch on HTML and just CSS. This is beyond the miracle pathway. This isn't a, you know, get up at 6 a.m. and start your HTML engine up. This is none of that. This is just straight up how you should do this. And this is my opinion. This is how I learned a lot of this stuff. Or sometimes it's how I wish I'd learned some of this stuff. So the first thing is you start with HTML. HTML is your skeleton for your web page. It's basically, you know, has no styles or very little styles. It has it's just literally a skeletal form of your website. It's uh, different. It's made up, excuse me, of different tags. And these tags are for different elements. So, you you know, let's say you have your HTML tag, then you have your head tag, then you have your body tag. All these things are second nature to a lot of us now. But for someone that's brand new, they're like, what's a tag? Like, what is this? So what I think what I think you should start with is you should look at HTML and specifically look at what tags are and how to write them. They start with your less than and your greater than symbol. There's also a, like a closing tag with a forward slash as well. Learn all that stuff. Learn what a tag is. If someone says tag or, H or HTML tag more specifically, you know what that is. You know that there's different ones. Learn that stuff. Then also in there, you'll probably start to understand or probably start to see stuff about the structure of an average web page. So you start seeing stuff like doc type, then followed by HTML tags, then followed by head tags, then followed by body tags. And you should understand what those things are and how they work. You should know, for example, that if you want to have content, the content goes in the body. For example, if you want to link to something like an external CSS file, which you're not going to understand what it is, but you're probably going to see it in all your readings. You know that link tags go in the head you're going to slowly start to understand the general structure of your average web page. Then what I think you should do is you should, you should start like learning how to lay out a page that you'd want to see made. 
whether it's your own portfolio page, just for fun. Don't worry about it being public. Don't worry about, you know, oh my God, like, do I need content boxes for my portfolio? Am I going to look like a fool? You're just learning HTML. Like, look at this as a lesson and just lay it out. Lay out the skeleton. It's not going to look good. Lay out the skeleton. And what this is going to do is you're going to, you're going to slowly start to see DOM flow, which is something that uh, I heard a bunch as a beginner and really didn't understand until all of a sudden one day I was like, oh my God, like, yes, this will go left or right and this will go up and down and this will do this. And it just starts to slowly sink in. So just lay out the skeleton of your page. It's mostly going to be from top to bottom. It's remember, this is a skeleton. This is not styled. And you're going to take notes of things and, and, and you should specifically take note on certain aspects like, like I said, link tags in the head, content in the body. Oh, there's script tags. Where are the script tags normally? What are these script tags? Well, we're not going to touch on that quite yet, but okay, script tags should oftentimes are at the bottom of the body. Okay. You know, you're starting to slowly understand. Oh, I have H1 tags and I have an H6 tag. Okay. One's bigger than the other, but I shouldn't put an H6 above an H1. You know, unless that's how the structure of the document, you know, needs to be if like you have multiple uh, content boxes and you know one goes from H1 to H6 and then the next one can go H1 to H6, I guess. And, you know, you start to understand the various things you start to fully and then you're going to start understanding attributes because as you do research and as you look things up, because you're going to look things up and be like, you know, how like the, like the HTML, the HTML of a nav bar is something you might Google in this. And you're going to look at it and you're going to see a different attribute show up and you're not going to be like, what the hell is this attribute? Like I have, you know, div, what's div class, you know, what's div ID, what's div data dash, what, what is this? You slowly start to understand attributes in your tags. And then you think, okay, this is like adding some data, adding some, let's say direction to our tags. Okay, great. Once you start understanding that part, and once you've completed your web page, meaning the skeletal part of your web page, your HTML, and you think you're, 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 you're confident that you understand the flow and the skeletal structure, I would recommend you go on to CSS. Now, I understand this is easier said than done. DOM flow is not something you just do instantly. So you might do this exercise with a bunch of pages. You might lay out your own portfolio page, then you might lay out a gaming page, then you might lay out this, you might lay out that. You might, you might go to another website and inspect Element and take a look at their HTML. Just expose yourself to HTML, but do practice it. Do practice it. Just think, oh, you know, I, I could, I can make a, a Twitch page, but just with HTML. I'm not going to make it look good. It's not going to have colors, but I, I could put all the elements together. Well, what elements are they? Oh, there's their headers. This is a span. What's a span? All those things are critical. Then once you're, once you're comfortable with it, then go on to CSS and CSS is going to be the thing that styles your page. It's going to make the colors work. It's going to make alignments work. Everything's not going to be top to bottom anymore. Things are actually going to be able to go left or right. Things are going to have uh, fade, uh, like a gradient, like a fading color. Things are going to be all over the place. And so before we go too, too far deep into CSS, I do want to touch on HTML a little bit more and the, the value of like learning it first and foundationally. Um, it is not, it, it doesn't have programming aspects to it. Like you can't do conditionals. You can't do loops with HTML. It is more of a markup language again. But it does have a lot of structural in, structural value to a web page and accessibility value to a web page. So when you're building a website, the UI, the structure, the skeleton is always going to be created in HTML or always should be created. You can technically use Canvas, but that's a whole other thing. But anyway, uh, 
HTML is going to be how your how a robot can see your web page and how someone that can't see can also navigate through your website. So if you go through your career and start to do HTML last or just treat HTML as something that's not important, it can severely limit, first of all, the, the searchability of your website. But second of all, the, the how people are going to be seeing it that can't see or have issues with accessibility. Um, so it's important for in that foundational aspect. But when you're learning as well, in my opinion, it's a really good indicator, like an immediate indicator of progress because you put a, you know, H1 tag and all of a sudden you have big text appearing on your page and you put a table and you, then you're creating a table all of a sudden visually that you can see as you're creating it. And visual feedback when you're first starting to learn how to code is really key for a lot of people to kind of continue that motivation and continue going down the path of learning where it was something like, you know, JavaScript or PHP or whatever, like programming traditionally, a lot of time you're going to be seeing very minimal visual feedback, maybe some text that you, you manipulate that appears in a console, but that's, you know, it's hard to get excited about that with HTML and then CSS that Matt's going to be talking about right now. It's an immediate impact of what you're doing, typing into a keyboard and all of a sudden seeing structurally appear in front of you. It's a really good way to kind of build that slight bit of motivation that you need to continue learning the next thing. That's exactly right. It's it's like it it seems like it's, you know, so simple, especially when you look at it visually. It's like, oh, my God, you know, I have so far to come. I have so far to go. I'm, I'm going to lay out the skeleton of, say, the Twitch page. I'm just going to do this for my own learning. And then it just doesn't look like the Twitch page. All the elements are there, but you know, there's no videos playing necessarily. There's no images and maybe they, maybe you did source some images, but the images aren't aligned correctly. And, and it does look like, oh my God, like I have such a long way to go, but it is really crucial to lay out your skeleton correctly. It's, it's almost like thinking about it. If, if you went to a doctor and you're like, I have a bone that's broken. It's like, well, what bone? It's like a bone because your femur is a specific bone, but it's also a bone. And so your, your, your HTML structure is letting, is letting things like screen readers. It's letting browsers know this is my nav bar. This is a bit of, this is a, like, this is a, uh, a, a link. Like this is a, an anchor tag that's linking to another page. This is, this is my content. This is my, this, this is my, that, this is my, all the different things that go on top of web page. This is a span. This is an important heading. This is an H1. This is an H2. This is, these are important headings. Here's my structure of my, of my content, my blog post, because I went from, you know, H1 down to H2, down to H3, down to H4, down to H5 as needed. These are crucial things that let, like, accessibility tools really get the job done and understand, like, oh, like, that's the femur. That's not just bone. <laughs> That's a femur and a femur is in the leg. And it's, it's like a kind of like a building of it. It's literally the skeletal structure of the website and it is crucial for them. And once you understand, once you get this, this skeletal structure and not perfectly, you don't have to know the stuff perfectly. Well, then you're just like, man, I really want to add some, you know, some style to this. I want to add the colors. I want to line things up. Then you can start learning the basics of CSS and, you know, gradients are, I would say not the basics, even though I, even though I just mentioned them things like what is a class? What is an ID? And these are things that you may have gotten exposure to when you started learning tags. As you Googled problems, as you Googled uh, concepts, you probably saw people having classes and IDs everywhere. And so you understood, hey, these are attributes, a class attribute. 
This is an ID attribute, but what are these? And CSS is going to use these. And what's the difference between a class and ID? Well, a class is used for things that are more than likely going to be used repeatedly in a in a page. So you're going to have multiple content boxes. You might have a content box class, but an ID should only be used once. And it's an it's a unique identifier for a specific element, such as you might have something like an ID that points out a featured link. And the featured link inside of the nav bar is always green and there's only one featured link ever. Well, perfect. There you go. That's an ID, et cetera, those type of things. And just, just learn that type of stuff and learn the differences in classes and IDs. Learn the syntax of classes and IDs. What, what characters can you have in there? What characters can't you have in there? Those type of things. And then you want to start understanding layout. So your skeletal, your, your skeletal project, let's say, in, in HTML is going to be all over the place. And so you're going to be like, okay my layout's not too good. How do I do this? Start understanding. This is more theoretical at this point. Still, I would say a lot of reading in this point where you're learning the box model, you know, what's a, what's padding, what's margin, what's the difference between them width and height. Well, does the width include the padding? Does height include the padding? You know, what's this box sizing attribute or property rather? What, what are these things? Like, how does this work? And then another big thing you're going to be using a lot is text. So oh, I'd like to change the text color. I'd like to change the text alignment. I want this heading to be to be to be centered. I'd like it to be underlined. Well, there's no just text underlined. What do I do that? Oh, it's a text decoration. Oh, what other decorations are there? Those type of things. You start understanding that stuff. And then you start understanding the layout, the actual true layout where you're going, I want these boxes to go from left to right. And if there's not enough space widthwise, I'd like them to wrap. What I would recommend for this is I learned just display block, display inline block. And that's what I did. Me personally, now I would start with display flex. Maybe that's a mistake. And if you think it is a mistake, you know, let us know on any of the socials, but I would, I would do display flex because display flex is used alongside, you know, display block, display inline block, uh, display flex as well, obviously, but then also display grid. And I think grid is a little too complex to start with. And I think block is, is, a little too simple to start with nowadays for responsive layouts. So personally, I'm going to say display flex is where you should start. Understand justify content property, understand align items property, those CSS properties, understand what they do, flex direction property, those type of things. Just get an understanding. And once you just, you know, you've just looked over the stuff. You haven't practiced it. You just looked it over. You're not, you're not there for hours and days and days and days. You just looked over the stuff and they go, okay, now I want to take my HTML skeleton and I want to try to actually use this stuff. I want to actually use this stuff and I want to design my HTML skeleton to look like the Twitch page that it was. I want it to look like something that I like where I want my portfolio to page to have my favorite color on there and, you know, whatever. And you're exercising your knowledge of classes and IDs and then some basic properties as well. Aligning things, making things center, which is always, always a problem for beginners trying to get something to center. It's even a problem for Mike and I. It's sometimes something that'll just get something will push something out of the way. You don't see it. And it's like, why is this thing not centering? You know, it's always, always a problem. So, you you know, mess with that type of stuff and just keep on trying to design your skeleton. And whenever you get stuck, look up, you know, hey, how do I get this to align? Someone might say, oh, you, you know, use text align. Oh, you know, use Use a display inline block with text align as well. Oh, no, no, don't, don't do that. You know, you have to set the width. And then set the align. Oh, you know, use justify content here, but that's only going to align it this direction. What does that mean? 
and you'll start to slowly understand how to lay things out. The point I'm trying to make here is that with, with this is that I'm not even going to touch on JavaScript because JavaScript is you're starting to understand sort of computational logic. You're starting to understand how computers go through things and it's like save this in a variable, set this property to this, now loop through it to count how many things are in this array. It's a big jump to go from this. But if you like the HTML and you like the CSS, you can still do stuff with it. You can make web pages that aren't necessarily interactive, but you can make web pages. And like Mike said before, the visual feedback here is that you're like, holy crap, I made this page. And you might have way too many classes. You might have way too many IDs. You might have messed all that stuff up. Fine. But you'll slowly weed that stuff out as you Google through problems and you realize, oh, crap, I could just have one ID, one ID for this or one class for this. And then you just you a little bit of refactoring in your CSS and you can do that. And you'll slowly get better and better and better. And if you like making web pages with just HTML and CSS, then you can start losing, learning JavaScript. I see a lot of people jump into all three and then they just go, oh, my God, what is this JavaScript thing? And I see people quite literally complain saying, I do not know CSS. I've just barely touched on it. And I am stuck in JavaScript because it's so big. Yeah, of course it is, because it's literally adding interactivity to the page. You need to understand computational logic and how programming works, programming structures. Like it's a different way of thinking, as Mike, as Mike and I have discussed in the past. It's a different way of thinking, thinking like a computer. And so if you like your web development journey so far with just your HTML and just your CSS, then I would touch on JavaScript. That's my recommendation. Yes. And I, I really like this method because, again, the visual aspect is there. The incremental building is there. And the point, the biggest point is you're keeping your momentum as you're learning. At, when you're in, when you're be- on the path to become a developer, it can quickly become overwhelming. Like Matt said, with like throwing JavaScript at HTML and CSS at the same time, a lot of people can burn out that way. And burnout, I mean, like you're going to stop learning web development if you're going to do that. Not everyone. Some people are better at maintaining a lot of different things, multitasking, all that. But a lot of people will get overwhelmed. So keeping it simple, keeping it slow and building on momentum and trying to find ways that you can make it fun for yourself. Like Matt said, you like Twitch, build out Twitch. In other ways, just go through and find your favorite website and try to rebuild that website, right? There's other tools. There's other like websites like Dribbble uh, and Awards where you can go in and see some really crazy designs and really crazy websites. I don't recommend like starting there as a, you know, as your first project. But a lot of times you can go there and be like, I really like this button and focus on that one button and build out that button the best way you can. Focus on the small things on the website, right? Like I really like this header. How do I build out that out? It might be too complicated. So I really like this like left align thing and just get to the point where you're comfortable and you're having fun and you're enjoying the process of learning because it's a long journey. It's not something you can do in three weeks. Like people say like, you, you know, it takes three weeks to become a developer. That's bullshit. It's going to be a long journey. You're going to have to put in the effort and you're going to have to find ways that can make it easier for you to continue to keep learning. To, to work on it every day or a couple of days a week or however, however long you can give to this, you have to find ways to continue the momentum to build on it and to keep, keep going towards the direction of, Hey, I want to get a job or I want to get my first client, whatever it, it is your own goal. I think that the value that Matt's providing in this episode is that starting point, that first step you're taking, right? 
We're not telling you that, hey, you're going to get a job after listening to this podcast. It's not going to happen. But you're going to get that first step going and you're going to learn how how to do the next step. Because JavaScript, yes, that's probably going to be your next step in this journey. But the debugging skills, the learning skills that you learn as you go through HTML and CSS will be built on with JavaScript. And just know that like, there's plenty of ways to learn it, structured stuff, go through Scrimba, go through Udemy, whatever. But you need to be the one that kind of goes through those me- those steps, no matter what. Even in a structured, I think a lot of people, uh, just to go back a little bit to traditional schooling, a lot of people get lost in the fact that, hey, I'm going to finish traditional school and I'll get a job as well. And that's not how it works right now in our industry for the most part. You can finish a computer science degree even, and sometimes that's not enough. If you don't have a portfolio, if you don't have good references, if you haven't had any work experience before that, you might have to put in that extra work even after a four-year degree, which is crazy to think about. But it is the it is the case right now. So that's not to scare away anyone that's going on a, their own path because absolutely, even without a computer science degree, you you can make it, no problem. Maybe a different job or a different kind of path, but – it's just the point that you need to have that hands-on experience and you need to find a way to continue to learn because especially when you even when you get the job the learning is just beginning like you're going to be thrown in and you're going to have hopefully have mentorship and you're going to have better structure around you to learn but the reality is you're going to keep on learning and keep on learning i learn something new every single day that i'm working here like every project that i take on is probably at least 30% of stuff that i don't know that i have to learn so just Find ways to make it interesting for you and to keep learning. That's the key here. And as a sort of closing note for myself, touching on what Mike said about the timing, there's a reason why I didn't mention any sort of timing when I was mentioning the the foundational learning, let's say, of the HTML and the CSS. And that is because you might just not understand this like skeletal structure. It might be above you, right? Go right over your head. You might not get it. Like, why are we doing these tag things or these attributes? I just don't understand the full picture. But then CSS might just click for you and it might you might just get it in like half a day. Maybe your understanding of HTML is super deep all of a sudden and you like it just it's it's the practice. It's you just suddenly understand it. And, you know, to, to compare it to my own learning journey with golf. I mean, I know I mentioned this a few times, but one of the things that I, you know, as, as I was doing and doing wrong is that I was trying to I would learn something in one day. Let's say I learned it, go to the range and I do well at it. Then the next time I'm either trying something new or I'm adding on to it, but I'm adding on something advanced or I'm trying to, you know, increase the power. But I don't have the thing that I just learned is still fresh. It's not practiced. It's not I don't have like foundational knowledge of it. It's not secondhand. Uh, you know, it's not second nature to me, rather. It's something that I haven't like really drilled into my head. Then when things go awry, because now I've built, you know, I have my basic then I did like four range sessions and I got you know, four topics, let's say, in my head. Now I'm like going out to the course and I'm hitting like things are going to the left, things are going to the right. It's like, what the hell's going on here? What I'm doing now is like, I don't care about the distance. I don't care about this. I want to go just hit the ball straight, hit it good. And I'm learning every single step of the game. OK, this is why it's hooking this way. This is why it's going to the right. This is why it's going to the left. This is why it's not getting out of the rough. And it's the same thing with this stuff is. If you're in CSS and you don't even know what a class is, you're in trouble. Like you're, you're you're building you maybe you copied and pasted something from Stack Overflow and you don't have the foundational knowledge and now you're just floundering and you're all over the place. So just learn at your own pace. 
you know, figure it out, learn what you want to learn. And if you don't like it in this stage, you know, stick with it until, you know, until you like kind of start to understand it at least. Cause sometimes we don't like things we don't understand. But if you start to understand it and you don't like it, you're probably not going to like web development and maybe it's not for you. And that's totally fine. And if it is for you, but you're like, I'm such a slow learner at this, you might be an amazing JavaScript developer down the line. You might just really not like layouts and fair enough, but you are going to have to interact with layouts. There's no, there's no if, ands or buts around it with web development. You're going to have to interact with layouts. So this is where I would personally suggest you get started. And if you like it, keep going. If you don't, maybe consider your options. See if you want to go go ahead with it and figure it out from there. And that's it. That's the episode. I hope you liked it. I hope for if you're, you know, brand new, you're literally learning from scratch that this gave you some sort of uh, clear way to at least get started. And it's it's often a free way unless you decide to go traditional school or, tradi- or boot camp or something like that. It's often a free way where you can just self-teach and just go, okay, I'm going to try to build out the skeleton of the Twitch page and go on, so on and so forth. Well, if you like this episode, and you want to support it, you can check out, you can check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. And many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com, Tim from the Web Hacker on the webhacker.com, Bib Hashdash from NineBlockMedia, NineBlockMedia.com, Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com, Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca, Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se, Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff McHale, Fire Ant Season via fireantseason.com, and Gunner Brunette via gunnerbrunette.com. Feel free to leave a comment or review the platform that you're listening to this on and this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.